How are we all today? Good. Good. Great. Uh, if you're a guest today, welcome. It's great to have you. Uh, my name is Suresh. I'm one of the elders here. It's great to have you. As you, you can probably tell by now, we love Jesus. We love worshiping Him. We love getting together. And... <laughs> it's all about Him, so all the glory goes to Him. So. <laughs> and if you don't know Him, if you don't know Him personally, uh, I want to encourage you to ask Him to speak to you because we believe that Jesus is alive. Uh, it wasn't only last week that uh, we were celebrating his resurrection. It's every day, every single minute in our life that we celebrate that. And you could probably tell from the songs that we were singing that we believe that he's alive because he is alive. And if he's alive, he can speak to you. It's just a matter of you listening to him and hearing him. So ask him to speak to you if you don't know him personally. Do you believe? How is your walk with God? How are things going? Are you being challenged by God? Or is it all going well? It's okay to answer. <laughs> what, what we need to keep in mind all the time is that whether there's a famine or whether there's abundance, when the times are hard or when things are going well, as a church, we need to always remember that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to proclaim that in our lives, whether things are going well or not so well. That's got to be a banner over our life. Because He is the same. Our situation will change, but He is the same. He never changes. He died for you and I. As you may know, we're studying the Gospel of Mark, but this week we're taking a break um, because we have a few Sundays like this that we call Vision Sundays. It's a good opportunity for us just to speak about where God is calling us, where we're going to. Um, Now, before I go ahead and read the scripture for today, uh, some of you may know that we have a special guest here today. Uh, Before I carry on and go any further um, and tell you more about our guest, uh, I've asked for this part not to be recorded. I'll, I'll explain in a minute. Um, today, uh, I'm going to read from Matthew 28, one of the most uh, famous parts of this gospel. Yeah, you've probably heard it many times, you've probably read it many times, but I just felt that it'd be good to, to go over it again and see what this great commission is all about, that we read and we've heard a lot about. So it's Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Uh, If you have a Bible, please turn to Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Um, The words will be projected on the screen as well. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Right, just a bit of background on this passage. This is after Jesus had lived on this earth. Uh, He ministered to people. Uh, He made the blind to see. He raised the dead. Um, Then he was crucified, beaten and crucified. His blood was shed. 
He was buried, he burst through the ground, and he's resurrected now, and he's with his disciples. And they see him, and some go, wow. And they do the right thing, they worship him. They worship Jesus, because he's the only one worthy. But then some doubt him. And it's just before he ascends to heaven, his rightful place at the right hand of the Father. Uh, We see a lot of things in this passage. There are a lot of things in this passage, but I just thought it'd be good to focus on a couple of points. Um, I know you used the three points, but then we might have less or more. Um, Right, the, the first thing for me is the element of faith. In here... Jesus' disciples go on a mountain. Now, a lot of interesting things happen on a mountain in the Bible. For example, Elijah, Moses, the transfiguration. And now Jesus has taken his disciples there. He told them to come there on the Mount Galilee, and they are there. Jesus appears to them. Some of them worship him, but some doubt him. Are you surprised at all that some people doubt Jesus in the Bible? These are the people that spent a lot of time with Jesus, uh, have seen things that he's done, have heard things that he's said, but they still doubt him. Some, some of them might say we've got a good reason, because we are good monotheist Jews, and we only worship Yahweh and no one else. And that's why we're not worshipping this guy, although he's a very good man. We're not going to worship him. But the others know him really well. We want to be a church that not only believes in Jesus, but follows Jesus and worships him. Believing in Jesus is not on its own, it's not sufficient. We need to worship him. And you know when you worship him? When you can worship him? When you're in love with him. When you find out what he's done for you and I, it just causes you to worship him. Believing in him is not sufficient, is not enough. When you fall in love with him, you just want to worship him with all you have, as we were singing today. It's just like when you fall in love with someone, you want to be with them. When you, fall in, when you love somebody, you just want to spend every minute with him or her. You just want to be wherever he or she is. You want to follow him or her everywhere until you get married. Yeah. Then... <laughs> It's the same with Jesus. If you're in love with him... (laughs) I was joking about that bit. (laughs) It can't happen before you get married too. (laughs) But it's the same with Jesus. If you're in love with him, you want to have his presence with you all the time. You want to follow him where he goes. You want to be where his presence is. And you want to follow him. And you listen to him. You can hear him. You go with him wherever he calls you. And when you fall in love with him, you worship him because you trust in him. You know that he gave his life for you. He gave everything up for you and I. And all he asks for of us is to have faith in him and to follow him and trust in him. It's not very easy, though, to trust in him because the world says otherwise. The world might call us irrational people for the things we say and for the things we do. But they said the same thing to Jesus. So if they say those stuff to our Lord and Savior, then put Jesus in the center of your life. You might have heard it many times. When he's the center, 
when he is on the top of your list, then that's when you've got it right. That's when you've given him his rightful place. Hasn't he, give, hasn't he given you enough evidence to worship him? Don't you have enough evidence in your life, in your personal life, to believe in him and to follow him and worship him? He's done many things in my life personally that I think about, that I just think about and say, why God, why did you even do it? I mean, it's just me, just a human being. But why did you do it for me? Was it because of the things I did? No. It was because of his grace alone. And when I think about them and say, wow, he's done this for me, and there's no chains attached, all I can do is say, thank you, Lord, and worship him and bow down to him. Now, we read in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now, faith is the assurance of things hopeful and the conviction of things not seen. And even this faith that we talk about is a grace of God and is a gift from God given to us. You can be believing in Jesus but not worshipping him. You can have faith in him but not really living a life of faith in Jesus. There are people who know Jesus as a good man. They say, yeah, he was a good man. He actually did exist and he did live on this earth and he is a good man. There are some who even think of him as a prophet. But these are not enough. I used to think of him as a prophet, not just a normal one, actually a good one, a high-ranking one. Not just a normal one, somebody who was almost on the top of the list. But that didn't cause me to worship him. He was just a... Yeah, he was good. And I believed that he did live on this earth, and I believed in him as a prophet. But that is not enough. You need to know him as your Lord and Savior. You need to see all that he has done for you. You need to see that with the eyes of your heart, And you need to put him at the center and at the top of everything. Because that's where his rightful place is. Yes, he was a good man. He was actually the best. Yes, he was a prophet and he was the best. He was the best at everything. But it wasn't just that. He is the Lord and Savior. He is the King of Kings. He rules over everything. And that's why we we need to worship him. Having faith alone is not what we're content with as Christians. Following Jesus is way more adventurous than this. Please know that I'm not belittling faith, because without it it's impossible to please God. But when you follow Jesus, you become more like him. When you spend time with God, you become more like him. It's like when you spend time with your friend, when you have a friend and you just want to spend time with them, you suddenly find that you're actually doing things that your friend does, and it just happens naturally. And it's the same with God. When you walk with Jesus, you become more like him. When you walk with Jesus, you become more like him. And the creativity that he has for you will be apparent in your worship. Because God is creative, and we become creative in his worship, because we spend more time with him. When you walk with Jesus, the next time you see a person who is sick, what you do is what Jesus did. You tell them that you want to pray for them in the name of Jesus, pray for, for healing, and when, this, when it happens, he gets all the glory, just as Jesus did. When you walk with him, you become more like him. You learn from him. You've probably heard uh, this. Uh, it might not be true in all cases, but uh, there's this uh, parable saying that, tell me who your friend is, and I'll tell you who you are. And you become the company you keep. It wasn't true in the case of Jesus, at least, because he was hanging around with sinners, um, but he never sinned. 
So he wasn't the company he kept. But when you walk with God, you learn from him. When you walk with God, you see things that he has for you. And you want them. You want to receive them all. So have faith, believe in him, and follow him. A passive faith doesn't produce much. But a faith that causes you to believe in him, but a faith that causes you to worship him, a faith that causes you to follow him wherever he goes, that has fruits in it. So follow Jesus, not just have faith in him. Don't just say, I believe in him as my Lord and Savior. If you do, then do it. Go and tell people about it. Recognize who Jesus is. Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us. He's omnipresent. His presence is with us. If you believe in Jesus, but you find it hard to follow him, I want to pray for you. Because it's not easy to follow Jesus in a fallen world. It's not really easy with all the distractions around. You can be reading things, you can be hearing things about Jesus and say, yes, I believe in all of it and these are all true and yes, he is the Lord and Savior and he is the way, the truth and the life and he is the only one that can save me from my sin but it's hard for me to follow him. Then I'd love to pray for you because I know it's not easy to follow him in this world. If your faith doesn't cause you to fall on your knees and worship him, then again, I'd love to pray for you. We have an enemy who wants all the praise and worship. But it's not for him. Because all the praise and worship belongs to Jesus Christ. But he wants to take them away. Don't let him. Give him all you have. Give Jesus all you have. Because he's the only one who's worthy. My next point is identity. Now you might think, well, what do we see about identity in this passage? There's actually two things. Jesus' identity, who he is, and our identity, who we are. Jesus clearly says who he is. He tells us in this passage again that he is God because he says, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. He has all the authority, just like the Son of Man in Daniel Um, If you remember, we were studying uh, Daniel uh, a while ago, and in chapter 7, I believe, Daniel describes the same thing. The Son of Man and had all the authority. So Jesus is reminding us again that he is God. So his identity is that he is God. Simple. But then he also tells us something about our identity. Jesus was offered the same thing about authority. In Matthew, we read again in chapter 4, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him the kingdom and and the glory of all the kingdoms and said, I will give you all of this if you worship me. So Jesus had the chance of having what he has now, even before going through all the problems and troubles and tribulations. So Satan told him, look, just worship me and I will give you all of this. But Jesus didn't want it because he knew it will all pass away. They will all perish. It can be the same with us. We might see things and we want them, but know that everything will perish but the kingdom of God. Jesus was offered the same thing, but he endured. He went through the pain for you and I. He took it all on himself and then he was given way 
above that. He was given way more than that. He was given many, many times more than that. He was given the authority on heaven and on earth. By pursuing obedience to God, Jesus received more than Satan offered him. Now, our identity is dependent on where Jesus is in our lives. So Jesus is clearly telling us who he is. His ID is shown here, the Son of God, with all the authority, access to all areas. Now, it's us. Who are we? Are you content with what perishes sooner or later, or do you want eternity? If you live in him, you inherit what he has. He says it himself, I am with you always. That's if you believe in him and follow him. So what we have will be from him. So when you follow him and worship him, what he gives you is from him again, just like our faith is a gift given by God. The world tells us that our identity is in our wealth, in our education, in our nationality, in the clothes we wear, and many other things. These are all good things, but not when they're our identity. Our nationality doesn't come before our faith. I'm an Iranian, many of you know, but I'm a Christian first. I'm a child of God. I believe in Jesus Christ. So my nationality is not my identity. I love my home country and I, and I love some of the things about it. But first and foremost, I'm in Christ. That's my identity. That's who I am. I belong to Jesus Christ. And then the rest of the things comes. But that's not what the world tells us. When you go to work, know that you're a child of God. Remind yourself of your identity. And then also tell other people of who you are. Take pride in it. Because it's something given by God. And it's from God. And every good thing comes from Him. So if you have what you have, it's because God has given it to you. When you go to work, know that you're a child of God. You're taking the presence of God into your workplace. Do not be ashamed because of the name of Jesus on you. Do not be ashamed to have that name on you. It's the name above all names. When you see people who are sick, let them know, again, your identity, who you are, and pray for them. I know this is against everything in this culture. Against rationalism, this is against the way many people think. But our God heals. I've seen it with my own eyes. He does heal. You might have seen it too. You've heard a lot about it. We can read it in the Word. Teach your children the foundations of God. Pass on your identity to them. Leave a legacy of an identity in Christ in your families. It's all about you and the next generation. I'm talking, about, I'm talking to you young people and younger people in particular. Find your identity. Leave a legacy for your next generation. But do all of this knowing that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Do all of this for his glory. Didn't it say he's always with us? Isn't his word true? What is the answer? Yes, Paul. <laughs> We must overcome the, uh, the darkness with the love of God because our 
fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the darkness, the spiritual darkness. But if we don't proclaim that, how are we going to expect the whole world to hear about Jesus? If we, as the children of God who receive this great gift of God, this gift of salvation for free, if we don't do it, how do we expect our families and friends and colleagues to hear about him? If we don't take pride in the identity that God has given us, how are people going to see that? Now, one of the, point, uh, the next points is mission, and it's to do with sending. We heard about one of the great nations that uh, we recently traveled to. Uh, our friend told us about what God is doing there and uh, some of the uh, troubles, some of the difficulties. But God is good, and he does work. We're a sending church because Jesus told us to be that way. He said, go to all nations. He didn't say leave. He said, go. So we need to be sent. For example, Jill and Andy, they're being sent. Are we going to miss them? Yeah. Of course. Well, maybe not for some of us. <laughs> but are we glad they're going? Yes, because we believe that it's with, that it's with accordance to the plans of, that God has for them. It, they're great friends of mine, and I love to have them here, and I'd love to be able to tell them, no, don't go, just stay around, because it'd be great. But no, that's not what God has for them. For some of us, we need to go, we need to be sent. I remember one of my friends um, uh, was uh, about to travel to a, a, a nation that is closed to the Word of God, uh, because God had called him there, and he'd been there prior to that. And then he got married and he had children and he felt that God has called him there again to go uh, and take a few Bibles with him. Now, this might sound normal here, but as we heard even this morning, people are really thirsty for this because they don't have it. It's not easily accessible. So God told him to take some of this in the language of the nation that he was going to and uh, he was ready to go uh, but then his in-laws came and said, no, you must not go. If you, went, uh, in, uh, if you had done it in the past, it was fine because you weren't married. You didn't have any commitments. It was just you on your own and whatever happened, happened. But now you've married our daughters uh, and you have children. Uh, you have greater commitments. You can't go. It's dangerous. They used the word dangerous. And my friend told them, no, it's dangerous for me if I don't go. Because he really believed that God had called him. So it was dangerous for him, maybe not in terms of uh, any physical danger, but he knew that this is God's plan for him to go. And if he doesn't obey God, he will, is walking deliberately outside the plans that God has for him. He did go. And as a result, you can see the fruit. I mean... Again, I won't, be able, I, I won't want to tell you what nation he went to and what happened, but I have heard what happened as a result. And it's just great because when some, somebody gets one of these in their own language in a closed nation, you won't be... I mean, I've seen people receiving the word for the first time and crying because they've never thought that they would be able to own one of these. We had to share one when I was back in Iran, I had one for myself and another one that had to be shared. So people 
had to borrow it for a week and return it with no marks on it. <laughs> but then the faithfulness of other people, it just encourages you because they listen to God and they obey Him. So that's what we want to be. As a church, we want to be a church on a mission and we want to be a sending church. Sending is different from leaving, as I said before. We are God's ambassador. And we have God's embassy here. We have his authority with us here on this earth. I think it was great that last week we prayed for this nation because, as Paul mentioned last week, sometimes we can be so focused on other nations that we, forget, we would forget about us here. Or people sometimes are so enthusiastic and passionate about praying for other nations and they forget about their own nation. But it was so heartbreaking to know that even some politicians don't know what Easter is all about. Uh, many people in the Middle East think of the West and Britain in particular as a Christian country. Now, I was one of them. Uh, and then I changed my mind when I got here. Uh, it was heartbreaking because you would just assume that the West is Christian and in particular Britain is a Christian country. I came and my heart was broken when I found out that there are young people, there are people who have never seen a Bible in their lives, they've never read a word in the Bible in their life, and they don't really know who Jesus is. The only time they've used his name was when they wanted to swear. I mean, how is that? They've never heard his name before. And then I thought, oops. Is what I had in mind was wrong. I wish it was true. So that's why I was encouraging our friends, not only people from other nations, but everyone here, to remember that God has a plan for you, that the nations, yes, of course, it's great, and we are sending people uh, to the nations, but the nations, I believe, starts from our neighborhood. It starts from our doorstep. It starts from our neighbors. So think about it next time. When somebody tells you that Britain is a Christian country, I wish it was, and I, and I really hope that one day it would be again. At one point it was a great nation where it blessed many nations, including where I come from, uh, with the word of God. But pray that it would be the same again, and pray that every one of us, every single one of us would have a part to play in it. Every single one of us would play a part in it. Every single one of us would say, yes, God, send me. And I want to go. Uh, last night, we went to watch a movie um, with our uh, friends. Um, it's called God is Not Dead. You might have heard about it. Um, uh, and we went there, and guess how many people were there? Only two. <laughs> I think it was because it had the word God. Uh, Mavish is reminding me that uh, there were four at the end. Um, <laughs> there were, I think it was because it had uh, the word God in it, and more than that, it had the word not dead in it. So it would go against everything that uh, they teach you at school. It would go against many things that the culture tells you. Uh, if it was different if it didn't have the word God in it, or if, you had, if it said God is there, then many people would go and watch it. Um, 
Again, that tells us something else. That tells us that people have a different perception of God in this nation. Uh, they either think that he doesn't exist or they think of him as somebody that he's not. So it's our job as a church. It's our job to make him known to this nation and people. Now, if we don't go out telling people about who Jesus is, if we don't go out telling our politicians the story behind Easter, who is going to do that? And these are politicians, these are people shaping policies, shaping rules and regulations that we live on day by day in this nation. We need to pray. We need to be a praying church that God would put people, godly people, in every single position, from politics to education. And we need to pray for the ones already in place to come to a place where they can see Jesus and not only have faith in him, they believe in him and worship him. And that's when, where things will start to change. And as a church, we have a great responsibility in doing that. So we not only want to have faith in him, we want to believe and worship him. We want to be a missional church where we send people as we are already. As a family, we want to be doing that together in unity. As I said at the beginning, I would love to pray with you if you think that you're struggling in this area. Before I go on my final point, which is discipleship, making disciples. It's something that is really in my heart personally. I love the word discipleship and I love the way that Jesus did it uh, because it was relational. It wasn't just teaching students. It was teaching them all that I have commanded you. So whatever you've learned from him, pass on. Discipleship has commitment. So if you want to disciple people, you have to be a disciple yourself, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Then you can go around and tell people of what Jesus has done in your life, and then you can pass it on to them. Then you can live with people, you can eat with them, And if they welcome you, you can tell them the word. You can tell them about God, about Jesus Christ. And it's then that we can reach other people. It's through discipleship that we can see a movement. Discipleship is important because that's how we can pass on what we've learned from God. But it doesn't necessarily mean going and finding somebody. Discipleship starts from our families. From our children. Teach your children to be disciples of Jesus. Teach them to obey all that God has commanded. Teach them to obey God's word. Teach them whatever you've received from God. I strongly believe in leaving a legacy for our children and for the disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to leave some time at the end for ministry. So, it'd be great... Uh, if you could have the band back up, please. And I want to pray for people who are finding it hard to follow Jesus. There are lots of hindrances on the way, but you can overcome them with His power, with the power of the Spirit. So if you'd like to be prayed for, I want to invite you to come forward. Also, if you don't know Jesus, this Jesus that we're talking about, this one true God that we've been worshipping. I want to encourage you to ask him to speak to you. I want to encourage you to consider 
making him, giving him the rightful place in your life. To give him all that you have and to receive the free gift of salvation. And if you want to give him your life, if you want to invite him into your lives, then please do come forward again. So we're going to carry on our worship. Can I ask you all to stand up, please? So if you'd like to be prayed for, please come forward.